When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Victory Monday! Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Victor Monday, presented by No Credentials Required. We are brought to you by Billy Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. To my right is a man who currently lives in South Florida, but doesn't care because our New York Jets are streaking. Dan Goldstein. Dan, how are we doing tonight, bud? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. We get two Victory Mondays in a row. I don't think... I don't we know we did get to do that a little bit last season, but it was kind yes, of bittersweet a little because right in the middle of it, Elijah Moore requests a trade and everything like that. So, but no, I'm just glad that uh, we get two victory Mondays in a row and what a victory it was. And uh, Mrs. M- Mr. and Mrs. McCarthy, I promise I'll be a lot more upbeat this one than you've heard previously. <laughs> I told I told Dan the green room that my mom watched last episode and she's like, who is that depressing guy? I'm like, Dustin? No, the other guy. Oh, Dan? He's always depressed. He always sounds depressed. <laughs> it's, hey, it's tough being a Jets fan in South Florida, especially over the last few years and especially the way this season's gone for the Dolphins. But uh, we're on the up and up. So I promise I'll be I'll be a lot more fun tonight. I, I guarantee you this will be a lot more fun tonight. Before we get into what happened last night or yesterday, I just want to remind you about our social medias right down here below on Twitter, Instagram, and the scarcely used TikTok. It's at NoCurdsREQ. On Facebook, it's Facebook.com forward slash NoCurdsREQ. YouTube.com forward slash at NoCurdsREQ. And we are also on Rumble. So go ahead and go to Rumble. Search No Credentials Required. And... Give us a like there. We'll maybe try to stream there. Uh, on the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform. Don't forget to rate and review. Five stars is the number of stars to rate us. And you can leave a review with us, even if it's downright nasty or super encouraging. We don't care. We might even read it on the air. So let's get into this win for the New York Jets. The first time in 13 tries, the New York Jets had defeated the Philadelphia Eagles. And Dan, I don't know about you, but I feel like doing some dancing right now. Boy, I tell you, man, I, I did quite a bit of dancing in the last about minute 50 of that game because all before that, it was pretty sullen and depressed, my normal usual state when watching the Jets. But that last 
minute 50 really lifted my spirits all of a sudden. And there was quite a bit of dancing between me and my daughter uh, watching the very end of that game. That was um, that was an emotional roller coaster. Was some of the dancing like this? I won't put the whole thing like last week, but I, <laughs> was, I had to show it. <laughs> it was it was pretty close for me. A lot of shuffling. My daughter was shaking her tushy around because that's what she likes to do as a six-year-old. She's just wiggle. So <laughs> do. It, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a, that was a hell of a game, man. That was a hell of a game. Yeah. Yeah. It was some – there were some touch-and-go moments. It was it felt like a slog, an upward slog. So let's get let's, – let's dive into it. So another another week, another mixed bag in the first half. I, I don't like to keep the repeating theme. I hate the fact that the Jets always seem to get off to get out the blocks slowly, especially on offense. It, it was the same thing this week. They got the ball first. Looks like they're going to drive for a field goal or a touchdown. And they stall, kick the ball away. And yeah, it just, keep, it just can't seem to get, get the blocks quick enough to try to get a score. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like they're playing it too safe in the beginning because they just kind of want to see like what the other team's trying to do or, you know, they just don't seem to any play with any, any urgency right in the beginning. There's no kind of like set the tempo. There's no setting the tone, no setting the attitude. It's just kind of like, just, go out there. Let's run a few plays. Let's see what we can accomplish and then let's pull it back. And then let's see what our, let's, let's see what their offense is showing us too. And then we can kind of work around it from there. So it's like they take the first quarter to kind of figure out the next, the next phase of the game. It's, it's, it's strange and it's weird. And I definitely don't like it. Cause yeah, it'd be nice just to, it'd be nice to come out and set the tone for once. Like the jets are here and they're ready to straight up dominate right from the opening whistle. But I mean, if you're going to be any kind of a team, I guess it's better to be a second half team than a first half team. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I, I would like to see. I was hoping they do get up the get up the blocks quick in the uh, Denver game, considering Denver's defense is not all great. Uh, Philly was missing some starters, especially in the secondary, just like the Jets were. And I was hoping that Zach would throw the ball around a little bit, and it just seems like. Again, I, I just, I just, uh, it's just really frustrating to see the stalling, the stall. It's, and and you and you're right. I think it is. Well, consider considering that, I don't know. The first what 10, 10 plays usually are pretty usually are scripted. The first half or the first quarter is usually a pretty scripted, pretty scripted on offense. And they're trying to get the rhythm. They're trying to get in rhythm. Trying to get in into uh, the the mode of the game. But at the same time, it's like, when, do you, when are we going to score? When are we going to see a score that's not a field goal on with this team in the first half? For real. I mean, it's just something something to really boost up the confidence of the offense. You know, like we're coming out here. We're getting ready to play. Like they can't. There's no lying down. There's no taking it serious. We're going to hold our own. Like we're going to contribute to these victories. Like it's just crazy. Like they only, they only throw little pieces towards the entire victory, it seems like. And it can't be like that. You can't do that to your defense and especially in like your special teams all the time because you're just asking for a disaster. Like you're just asking for a disaster. That's why games like New England happen. Mm -hmm. You know, 
you knew that was a great defensive performance on New England, but you literally asked your defense to do everything in that game, including score. And it just right. it just can't happen. Like you do need to set a tone, come out on top, and let the defense really finally work in the beginning of a game when they're full energy with a with a lead and with some confidence behind it and just kind of let them tee off. Let them, you know, I'd love to see a game just kind of like that where the defense just has a lead all game and they can just keep teeing off. Yeah, I, I <clears throat> I'm hoping during the bye week, because the bye week, this next week is the bye week, which is probably the best thing for both the team and their fans right now, because we've been, I know, Dan, we've been, you and I, and I say Jets fans all together, riding this emotional roller coaster for the past six weeks. And I just, I I think the break is needed oh. for our, for, for the Jets personal, for the Jets health, for physical health. They need to rest up. A lot of the guys are banged up. Couple guys are starting. Our starting cornerbacks, Sauce Gardner, didn't know we. This wasn't revealed until Saturday, but he's out. He was scratched because of concussion issues, and DJ Reed has been out the last two games with concussion issues. So it's probably the bye week couldn't. Even though it's a little bit earlier than I, I was hoping for, it couldn't have come at a better time because that means guys can rest up. They'll be ready for the Giants on. They'll be ready for the Giants in Week Eight. Which is going to be, I, I pray, I pray that it will be a completely dominant performance from pillar to post because of the way the Giants been playing lately. Although last night they showed, they showed, they, they showed some, they showed some spunk against they, the, against a banged up Bills team. Yeah, Bill, Bills certainly don't look like the same team as what they've been years past. They definitely look beatable. We already beat them, and they definitely look, don't look like they're threats for the whole thing here. But I mean, they'll get in the playoffs, but. It is a perfect time, uh, I think, as well. I mean, we've all cried tears. We've all laughed joyously. It has been the lowest of lows mixed with some high highs. And it, it is a good time to kind of take like a you know, shut mental shutdown and just kind of reset and, uh, yeah, get ready for Giants week. Not have to worry too much about this week. Let Sauce and DJ be healthy by the next week. Hopefully Titman's injury isn't – quite as bad as oh they're making it out to be but another again, another week another three win another sacrifice i feel like three, this is an episode. three victories and another and another solid solid player going down with injury looks like long term i mean i i it's astounding to see that i mean i'm honestly kind of terrified for the jets to go like eight and nine nine and eight ten and seven at this point because then it means we're gonna have eight nine or ten people hurt long term if this key if this pattern keeps emerging and I don't really know who else they can afford to lose at this point. Everybody, everybody in the starting lineups is almost for the most part playing out of their minds right now with the exception of, you know, Zach Wilson and a few others, but I mean, they can't really afford to lose anyone with the way they're playing at this point. It's crazy. It really is yeah. crazy that the, the, the luck we're having so far. Yeah. I feel like every episode is an ep- every, every, every episode, every win with having to sacrifice a player, for the sake of a win, it feels like every every game is an episode of Full Metal Alchemist where we have to sacrifice somebody, something. It's for it's ins- something to happen for a win to happen. Ins- it's like legitimately insane. We have to we have to do a human sacrifice to the Mayan god in order to get a W in this league, and it's really astounding to watch at this point. I just want a goddamn W 
that it doesn't have a fucking caveat to it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. I want a W. That's a W for being a W. No asterisks, no caveats, no buts, no nothing. Just we kicked their ass. Everybody came out healthy, and we're getting ready to do it again next time we they step on the field. Right. No. I. I. Yeah. I. I. I, I totally agree. And just go down fourteen three. We had that. They had that touchdown. The, the touchdown that got reviewed. That didn't look oh. like a touchdown. Oh but my. Somehow the the upstairs the the New mystery. York gives the gives the mystery touchdown to the to the to the Eagles on to Jalen Hurts's uh, run. The one thing I the one thing you didn't see in this game was the tush push or the brotherly shove. I mean, there wasn't there was a couple of chances for them to really pull it off. I don't, I'm surprised they kind of didn't do it at, at any point, but it was just like, I mean. It's just really crazy that the Jets have to play literally the other team and the refs every week. And it's just – it's like – I'm sorry. Like if you legitimately sat down and watched all six Jets games to this point, fan or not a fan, you cannot come out of this saying that the Jets don't get screwed a well above average compared to the rest of the NFL. It just doesn't happen. Like it just doesn't happen. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The Jets get absolutely screwed by – way more often than not it was immediately as soon as i saw they were reviewing it you're like oh okay so this is going to get overturned because it's the jets that's what happens against the jets and sure enough with this magical camera angle that only the nfl gets to use that the general public doesn't get to see that was enough evidence to turn it into a touchdown and there we go there we go i mean i'm sorry i thought the nfl you needed conclusive undisputed evidence to be able to overturn calls. And I didn't see anything. Had you called it a touchdown initially, it would be tough to overturn it because tough to tell whether he did cross the plane or not. You didn't call it a touchdown to begin with, which means you needed to have con- get concrete evidence that he crossed the plane. And I'm sorry, I didn't see it. Everybody on Twitter that I followed didn't see it. And that doesn't include just Jets fans. There was Eagles mm-hmm. fans I follow. There's the national media I follow. I don't recall a single person saying like, yeah, he definitely got over. This should be a touchdown. Right. So I don't know. I'm just, it's just so frustrating. It really is just so frustrating to constantly have to battle the refs and the other team. Jets, just screw themselves enough as it is. We don't need the refs helping out the other team. Like the Jets can do that all on their own. We don't need you to, to do it, to, 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 to help them in, in that regard. We don't need that help. The Jets know how to self, you know, self, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Self-destruct. Self-destruct. Thank you. I was going to say self-depreciate. That wasn't it. Self-destruct. Self-deprecate. Deprecate. <laughs> Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. They know how That's to do what self-deprecate. Us Jets, fans, well, us Jets fans do that enough of our, on our own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. It's that's that's just you know again that's that's how I live my life <laughs> self deprecating <laughs> so <laughs> very used to it don't need my football team to have any help to do it yeah so just get three back and then Philly goes down the field go, Philly goes down the field and there's that touchdown pass from Hertz to DeAndre Swift great for my fantasy stats not so great for my New York for our New York Jets <laughs> that was um, just poor tackling. That yeah, just, that's that whole one, drive was just bad tackling. Yeah, that's one thing I think. The last two weeks, I've I've seen a lot of poor tackling from 
from the New York Jets, especially the secondary. And I don't know if it's because they're just not getting a position correctly or if it's just because I, because you got second string guys playing out there uh, between Bryce Hall or, or, or yeah, Bryce Hall, Tony Adams, uh, Craig James. You got second string guys out there who are playing. They're not used to getting first team reps. So I don't know if that's the case or if it's just it's just a case of poor wrapping up. That's something they need to focus on the next over the next week. Uh, this I know this week is probably going to be a rest week. Guys go home, guys chill out. Some guys will stay behind, get treatment. Then the next week they go right back at it for practice. Maybe that's something that Coach Sala is going to be focusing on in practice with the defense, especially. I think looking at the look at the game tape, I think he would be complete. It would be very. I think he'd be apoplectic seeing all the missed tackles and the missed chances they had to to wrap guys up and bring them down. That's got to be something to focus on for that Coach Sala is going to be emphasizing, and, and Coach Ulrich will be emphasizing in next week's practice. You know, I just you got to get off this hit stick mentality sometimes. I mean, Jordan Whitehead plays with just a hit stick mentality. I don't ever see Jordan Whitehead rap. He's always leading with shoulders, trying to blast. And sometimes yeah. it works. I'm trying to and knock the ball out, it doesn't. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But at some point, like there's there's times where you just don't do it. Like, just get the guy down. Like, don't go for the blast. Like, go get him down. And right, and that on that um on that route to uh, DeAndre Swift, I mean, he went for the blast on the two yard line instead of just trying to wrap him up at the ankles and live for another down. And DeAndre Swift was able to keep his balance and walk it right in. And you know, you just can't do that. You can't do that. C.J. Mosley. I mean, C.J. Mosley. I don't know what happened there on that A.J. Brown catch, but, I mean, they were dead facing each other, and Brown just planted and went vertical on him, and Mosley just got flat-footed. Like, I don't know why Mosley didn't just run right through him. You were looking right at each other. He had caught the ball, but if you watch the film, Mosley, like, slowed up instead of just blasting right through him. I don't know. Maybe a defenseless receiver penalty, I guess he was concerned about. Something like that, Possibly. and it allowed a- and it allowed AJ Brown just to kind of plan and and accelerate, which is kind of what caused the whole problem there to begin with. But it's just I don't know. They're making the NFL too much like two hand touch football, and it's getting really frustrating and annoying to watch. Yeah, and we'll talk about another penalty that happened in the second half in just a moment or two. Uh, we got got a comment from Hawk TV saying at the landing strip that the Jets took off on the Eagles. Yeah, they. They certainly did. Especially I mean, it took it took 58 minutes to do it, but yeah, they did. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I gotta say this. Yeah, I, I I texted I texted my buddy Jared from Corner Booth Podcast. Get a shout out to Jared. He's a huge, huge Eagles fan. And I, I said, listen, you know, great game yesterday. I was really impressed by the by the Eagles defense, especially the the the, the defensive line. They were giving they're giving Zach Wilson fits all game long. They're gonna run game fits all game long, too. So I got Tons of credit to that defensive line, which we talked about last week. We, we, we said it was going to be kind of a, it might I also be a thought, worry. I also thought Jalen Carter, we, at the time we spoke, we thought Jalen Carter was going to play. I think this game goes very differently if Jalen Carter played. I think this I, game goes very differently if Jalen Carter plays. I, I also say the same for Lane Johnson. If he doesn't, if he doesn't leave the True. field with an injury, this game has a completely different complexion. Completely mm-hmm. different complexion. But it's a, <clears> uh, but that, defensive line i was really impressed by what they did 
and I'm uh, I'm looking at the all 22. I'm trying to find the interception by Quinn and Williams. I think I found it. I think I found it. So we're gonna what review a play that by quick. what a play by Jermaine Johnson that was to hit that. If Jermaine yeah. Johnson doesn't flush that out, that's a 30 plus yard gain all day. They yeah. fooled the shit out of the Jets on that play. I mean, they fooled the shit out of them. And thank God for Jermaine Johnson here. I mean, watch the read, watch the diagnose, watch the diagnosis of Jermaine Johnson on this. Look at that. That's that is film study. That's why you sit in the film room because mm-hmm. he's on the opposite side of that formation where Goddard starts the play, yet sees what they're about to do and diagnoses it and hits Goddard at just the perfect time. And it was just that was just a fantastic play. Yeah, I'm trying to get it again. Oh, you're too, you're too I went, far. I went too I far. Well, a little too. No, far. you got to go backwards. You got to go backwards. Yeah, you're going forwards. You got to go backwards. Yeah, I'm trying to find it again. Yeah, keep going back a little bit. Yeah, because that's right after the interception. So here you go. Look, watch, watch Jermaine Johnson. He goes to the initial rust, but he reads the play, drops off, sees it, and bam, hits him at the perfect time. And you know, lucky bounce goes straight to Quinnen. But I mean. You'll take it all day long. It's still a phenomenal play by Jermaine Johnson. I mean, absolutely, that's, that's incredible. I mean, if you could give somebody a half interception, Jermaine Johnson would have earned that all day long on that play for sure. Yeah, and that's the first interception of Quinn Williams' career. And you see well on learned. social media, Sauce Gardner saying, "Q's got more interceptions than I do this year." <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sauce has also dropped a couple this year too. So that's true. That's true. The 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 Detroit the Dallas game was was one of the big ones that could have turned the game around. But Denver too. He dropped one yeah, in and, Denver. Yeah, yeah, and Denver. And Denver. He dropped. Yeah. He dropped. Not would have been an easy one, but it, it's a drop. But all, all the same, imagine how yeah. much more. Cra- imagine how much crazier the Jets would be right now if C.J. Mosley had caught his first three chances at an interception in the beginning of the season, and Sauce would have caught his two, and Michael Carter doesn't lose his one due to a dumbass penalty Jets yeah. have Jets have had about six interceptions not happen for them on top of the what eight or nine they already have on the season crazy crazy I don't know what they did in the offseason but they definitely focused on turnovers and it is working I mean shit they're even falling on fumbles that never happened that hasn't happened in a decade plus yeah that's that's very true that's very true yeah so they go behind. They go about down fourteen six. It's fourteen nine at halftime. Um, let's get to the second half, and I'll, I'll just have to make a caveat for this second half domination. Quote by the defense. <laughs> yeah, because once again, Dan, the defense. Listen, I don't. I just, I know this on Sm- on Snowman this morning during the coffee m- with McCarthy segment. I said the the Jets have. The Jets faced in a matter in a span of three weeks. In a span of three weeks, they they faced both Super Bowl teams from last year. Guess how many points they've allowed in the second half of that of those two games? Three. Oh yeah, they did because they allowed the game-winning field they goal gave, against. They gave the field against, goal. That's right. The field goal right. against the Chiefs, and they had a, they pitched a shutout yesterday against Philadelphia because this defense. I can't say enough good words about this defense. I, I don't think. I, 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 look, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again this week. 
Quincy Williams, and Bryce Huff. All pro. All pro. I, not not Pro Bowl all consideration, all pro consideration at this point. They really should Bryce be. Huff's rush, Bryce Huff's rush rate, his pressure rate is outstanding. And Quincy Williams has been a, such a huge difference maker for this defense, especially in the especially uh, in at linebacker. He's reinvigorated CJ Mosley. Right now, we yeah. thought linebacker was one of the weakest parts of the entire team. We thought CJ Mosley had lost a step, was going to continue losing a step because he's no spring chicken anymore. I mean, I think he's what 32, you know. Mm-hmm. So we thought he was going down. Quincy, we saw rising last season, but I don't nobody expected rise to probably overall best linebacker in the league at the moment, all pro, you know, Quincy Williams here. And all of a sudden, that's probably our literally linebackers, probably our best, our best unit on the entire team at the moment. Jamie and Sherwood is playing very well in his snaps that he's getting out there. But I mean, CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams are dominant. I mean, those guys are, those guys have, I I think I saw somewhere, they are the two best coverage linebackers in the league. I think CJ Mosley's like PFF's number two and Quincy Williams like number four or something along those lines. And it's just like, it's crazy. It's absolutely astounding to see just how good these guys are doing. And I have just the utmost respect and appreciation for the work they've put in the effort they're putting in, the leadership they're showing, and they're setting the example. They're setting the tone for everybody else. And it's just week in and week out, week in, week out. I don't, I mean, Quincy hasn't had one bad game yet. I think CJ Mosley was a little rough in Dallas, but beyond Dallas, he hasn't really had like the terrible, like a super terrible game either. It's mm. just been, it's just been amazing. It's amazing. And then to do all this, to do what they did against Philadelphia with, Craig James and Tay Adams or Tay Hayes, excuse me, Tay Hayes getting a massive bulk of these snaps next to Bryce, Bryce Hall. That's crazy. Jets should have given up 500 yards passing yet. Craig James was the high, you know, from what I read, Craig James was the second highest rated defensive player on the team yesterday behind CJ Mosley. Bryce Hall, I think did incredibly well all things considered for what he did shit. The worst player in the secondary was Michael Carter. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. But you had Michael Carter playing out of position. Initially to start the game, they had him playing outside a a lot on AJ Brown and it wasn't working. And then eventually they made the switch. Carter went back inside Craig James and Bryce Hall went outside and all of a sudden it was shut down city with the exception of AJ Brown, making a couple of nice catches beyond that. I mean, you had Devontae Smith get nothing. Devontae Smith almost had nothing all game. Yeah. It was and insane Craig, to and, see. Yeah. And Craig James was on, had the, had the assignment to go against AJ Brown. And he did, you know, with, it with the exception of a he couple. Didn't, he didn't give up a catch. Craig James didn't give up a catch yesterday. He had one pass defense, which, we, which was in the end zone, which was a beautiful breakup in, mm-hmm. on an end zone play. And, he didn't give up a catch all game. Like, that's crazy. I want to show this throw by Zach Wilson, the, the Jets' first possession of the third quarter. I, I just want I, – this is a beautiful throw. Just oh, it was gorgeous. six-yard line. This was gorgeous. And just getting after it. Just 
Trust your receiver. To your best receiver. To your That's best it. receiver. Trust your guy. 33-yard 30, game. Trust your guy. You know, another one of the best throws Zach made, too, didn't even count. He had that long throw to Conklin, and it was just a little too far out of bounds, and Conklin couldn't land in. That was a phenomenal throw. He just needed to try and get it a little bit – he just needed to do it a split second earlier so that he could have over-the-shouldered Conklin on the sideline. Yeah. He literally just he literally just missed it by about a third of a second and yeah. threw it too late, and it was that was enough to get – to not let Conklin land inside. I mean, Zach yeah. Wilson was had some good throws yesterday. He had some very good plays yesterday. Yeah, Wilson – Very good I, plays. I, I, I love that – and I also said this on Snowman this morning – we're seeing Zach Wilson kind of grow up in front of our, in front of our very eyes. Cause ever since the Kansas city game where he was aggressive in this from second quarter on, he's been, it's just, it's, we're seeing a different quarterback. Mm-hmm. We're seeing two different quarterbacks. We're seeing the kid. We're seeing the kid who was immature, who blamed his, I wouldn't say blamed his team, blamed his, uh, well, I would say let down his team. In week ten and in, in week eleven in New England last year, which was the start of his downfall, and kind of led the Jets management to say, "We got to bring in a difference-making quarterback." Aaron Rodgers goes down four plays into the year, and he's and he's and Zach is struggling from a little bit. That New England game didn't really do him any favors, and we're starting to we're starting to say, "We got to bring another quarterback in." To, I was ready. I mean, us over. and everybody else was ready to write Zach off. Yeah. I didn't want to see Zach yeah. play another. I didn't want to see Zach play another down for the Jets after that New England no. game. No, no. And they bring in Trevor Simeon, who's still on the practice squad. Uh, they had uh, uh, Tim Boyle as a backup yesterday. But ever since that Kansas City, the second quarter of the Kansas City game, we've seen we're seeing a different quarterback. And I'm just so I'm just so as publicly, I just want to say Zach Wilson, may culpa. I'm sorry. I'm Look, sorry for I'm, not believing you. I'm sorry I'm not, that we all doubted you. I'm not going to go that far and say that like Zach Wilson's been incredible. Zach Wilson's been no. what an average quarterback should be. He's, he's a, back, he's he's a still, backup. He's a backup. He's a backup, which, you know, and Jake Asman says it very well. If you're going to, if you're still thinking of Zach Wilson as the number two overall pick, he's still a massive bust. There's no way around it. The number two overall pick should not be this inept. But if you're thinking, if you're thinking of Zach Wilson as what he is, which is probably a long time backup in the NFL, I mean, he's got a ten year career as a backup right. in the NFL for sure. Then you're very, you're very okay with the type of quarterbacking you're seeing, yeah, which I, is I, being I, very I, safe, very safe, very just trusting of his receivers, not turning the ball over and just, yeah. you know, you just, I, I want to show, I want to show this throw, this, 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 that, that shovel pass that he made under duress, sees Brees Hall and just shovels it. It's awareness. It's, yeah. it's, it's an enhanced, it's an enhanced awareness that he has. I think a lot of it, I think just having Aaron Rodgers be his second quarterback coach has made a huge difference in the development of Zach Wilson. You see it. I mean, you see you, it you in didn't his see footwork. that last year. You did not you see, see that last year at all. You see it in his footwork. You see it in his decision-making. You see it if in his ability. Yeah. Watch to, him move up in the pocket. Watch him move hit, in the, yeah, the pocket. The easy, he hits the easy stuff now. We haven't seen Zach Wilson at all 
even even though he's been he was bad in the beginning of the season, he still wasn't like missing the screens and the flats no. that he was missing the first two seasons. Uh, on this play, the old Zach Wilson takes a sack. Yeah, he takes the sack. But that play that just shows me he's developing. He's and it's it's all I think it's all due to Aaron Rodgers being there to be the second guy in his ear. Uh, Ugh, in addition to the play. other quarterbacks coach, that next play you cannot be giving Dalvin Cook tosses six seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. No, That's ridiculous. At, at this point, at this, at this point with Dalvin Cook, I'd rather him just take just be a second and two, second and three running back. And yeah, that's a, all I want. Dot, and to go with the dive or a short, sweep. Be a short yardage, be a short yardage guy, a clock killer kind of a guy. This that's, play that's drove me up a wall. And the NFL, uh, the NFL should be ashamed of themselves. And I can't wait for the next apology letter that says, "Oh yeah, the we're, we're, from NFL officiating." So, oh yeah, well, that was not a blindside block by Alan Lazard on Sunday. We're sorry. We're getting another apology. We're getting apology letter. Where's the apology letter after apology letter this year? Look, look at that. Look at that. That's, that's, not a block. that's so clean. That's Blankenship's so clean. His head driving, was up all the way, and he squared. And he squared up with Blankenship. Hits him. Hits him in the chest. Bam. I mean, he's not looking at Lazard, clean. but he's looking. Clean. He's looking that way. He gets shoulder straight to the chest. I mean, that's football. These guys have signed up for this. This is a reason why you get paid the money you do, is to be is to handle situations like this. You given your role, the risk. You assume right. the risk. That's exactly. Why you pay the money to get paid. Right. If you're going to turn this to touch football, then these guys don't need to make as much money as they make. They just don't. By the way, by the way, foot, flag football is an Olympic sport in 2028. Could you imagine what the USA Olympic football team is going to look like? It's going to be ridiculous, especially if Tyreek Hill gets his way. I don't know if they're going to have NFL players play. I don't if know if they they're do, going to allow it. I don't, I, I don't think it. you can allow it. They're technically <laughs> professionals. But does that mean can you have college kids? They're not professionals yet. No, well, I know I mean, that can college, you put can you push Shadur Sanders back there as your quarterback for Olympic football? I don't <laughs> throw in the Brock gonna be, Bowers. <laughs> personally, I think it's gonna be all arena and indoor football team football players out there. So it'll uh, be Chad Kelly. So it'll be Chad Kelly. He's probably. CFL. He's CFL. He's, CFL. he's still an American. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah he can. You could. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm personally, I can't wait for it. We're, I'm, I might. We're, we might have a segment on 10, 10 good minutes later this week about the uh, about the flag football in the Olympics. I and think the they global, said lacrosse. Lacrosse is an Olympic sport too. Lacrosse, yep. For lacrosse, six is, is going to be a sport. Cricket, two t twenty is going to be a sport. Squash is going to be a sport, and they're bringing back baseball and softball. Fun. And we might have. Many, we may have major league baseball players in the Olympics. I don't know how many how many other countries play lacrosse though. U.S., Canada, Canada. It's a it's one of the official sports in Canada. Um, I believe the Iroquois Nation is going to send a contingency. Australia, Ireland, England. I'm trying to think of who else, which other countries play lacrosse? Would they? I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, let's get back to the Jets, and I want to show. That interception uh, by by Tony Adams that flipped this game on its head, and I, I, you know where it's come. I, I think I can give we gotta give full credit where credit's due. And that's the defensive line because they made Jalen Hurts backpedal, backpedal, 
and he couldn't get a th- complete throw on it, and he's also eyeing Dallas Goddard all the way. He telegraphed watch, that throw. Watch where Tony Adams starts the play. So watch where Tony Adams starts the play. Tony Adams yeah, starts the play before. Up. Yeah, it's Tony the Adams before. starts up near the line of scrimmage. There's and Quincy. He, you know, and obviously they have their alignment. And then watch him back up. See, he threatens to go up to the B gap, goes yeah, got back, two. and he doesn't read him going backwards. It was beautiful coaching, beautiful play design, and it's almost like the Jets knew exactly what Hurts wanted to do there. That yeah. was the Jets, again, with their proper game planning. Watch him. He goes yeah, to threaten 22. to go through the B gap. He stops. He doesn't see him go back, and he just puts it right into the line. It was yeah. a beautiful defensive play and beautiful coaching by Tony Odin and Jeff Ulbrich to let Tony Adams know this is what we want you to do on this play. You're going to threaten yeah. up to the B gap. You're going to back off. And Hertz never sees him back off. Yeah. He reads it before, doesn't see him. You got, you got, you got, you got, you got, a Quint, you got Quinnen and, and Jermaine doing a stunt. Yeah. Doing that cross, that cross Jordan, over stunt. And if Jordan Mailata doesn't happen to be probably with the biggest athletic freak in the entire NFL, ultimately, he gets in. But because Jordan Mailata is a former rugby player at six foot eight, 300 something pounds that runs like a 250. 30 pounder you know and here's he, tony and here's adams game, gets a pick six and here's a game clinching touchdown and i want to ask you a question and there's been a lot of debate around this play did the eagles let the jets score yes 100 watch this this okay. split like they split like the red sea look at this of course they did 26 okay. in the real world 26 in the real world right there the safety blows up breeze if he has the opportunity but flat out that was let him in we need as much time on the clock as possible. Let him in. Yeah, because I was listening. But to I'm you. not against. I'm not against Bree scoring there because your defense no. has played so lights out this pretty much this entire game. There it is. That it's like I have full faith in our defense there to is, win yeah. this, and I would rather not rely on a potential field goal because look, you're first in goal already. So you go down at the one. You're second in goal. They burn a timeout. You. I don't know. What do you do? You kneel on it. I guess I assume you kneel on it. They call their second timeout. Now it's third and goal. And then what do you do again? You kneel on it again to try and kill as much time. And then you kick a field goal, which has no guarantee of going in. I don't care where it is on the field. No, it doesn't matter. Anything can happen. You could fumble the snap and you're fucked. I am fully on board there for Brees Hall scoring to make sure that Philly now has to go the length of the field from wherever their starting field position is going to be. And with the way the defense had played up until that point, especially the second half, you you let your defense do its thing. D, it was crushed it, it was all also game. a decision goal for two as well. Yeah. I mean, defense, you've crushed this all game long. Give us one more drive. That's yeah. what we need. I know you're tired. Yeah. I know you're battered. I know you guys are you're hurting. Do that it one more time. Game right there. Yeah. Do it one but, more time. Uh, I I was listening listening slash watching Green Bean and Matt O'Lear this morning, and they were talking about they they were having different opinions on whether or not Salah was too aggressive uh, to go go for the touchdown on first and goal to have Brees Hall. Uh, Get it in. Greenby was Greenby was saying that Coach Sala was too amped up, too aggressive, too hyped up from yeah. And there's yeah, and there's Smith trying to get the ref's attention to try to call a pass interference. It was not pass interference. Watch, watch. Dude, Bryce yeah. Huff should have had another sack right there. 
Yeah. And, Bryce and Huff should have had met, another sack right so, there. It's crazy and Whitehead, how good Jalen Hurts is. Yeah. Whitehead met Smith at the same time he was getting the ball. So that's not pass interference. Yeah. So, yeah, Greenby was saying that he was – that Salah was too aggressive. And there's Quincy Williams. Boom. Right there. And there's Coach that's, Salah with the celebration that, too. Quincy Williams' tackle tape. You take Quincy Williams' tape from this season and you show it to all your high school defensive players and you say, this is how you tackle. Yeah. This is 100% how you tackle. He was tracking Smith all the way for that play. I got to watch that again. That was it's beautiful. 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 It's beautiful. Tracking, beautiful. Better tackle. Look at this. Look at this. There's Smith at the bottom of the screen. He's coming, to, coming wide. He's coming on a slant. He sees it. Bang. Track him. As soon as he gets the ball, he tracks him and just sticks him. Look at Salah. One I mean, yard game. One yard game. Salah is thrilled right there. I mean, look at him. How, do you, how are you not? I mean, it's just... It's just bang. Boom. Maybe a one shoulder right into on the midsection, play. wrap up, bring his ass down. It and does help that Devontae Smith is 175 pounds, though. That's true. And here's the clincher. Here's what here's the game. Here's what decided the game. And you could tell, and and it was smart for the Jets on fourth down to send only three rushers, have spies. Look, look, oh, look at watch Mosley drop back. Watch. Yeah, watch Trollsley drop back. He's spying Hurts all Even the way. Bryce, look at Bryce Huff. Bryce, Bryce Huff, Huff is, is spying him too. Bryce Huff, you have your best rusher as a spy. Yeah. He's not even He's not even playing like at, on the edge. You would have thought Bryce Huff was going for the kill, but instead they drop him back. No, this was a beautiful setup. That was a beautifully set up fourth down. And you just see Jalen Hurts just kind of just move back in the pocket and he's just kind of drifting. You know what he's going to do. You know exactly what he's going to do. He's trying to go for the deep bomb. Well, I mean, you don't know that specifically until you see the play develop, which is kind of just, you know, it's fourth and eight. You still have a minute something on the clock. You still have, I think, what, one timeout at this point. You know, it was a little surprising to me if they didn't try to go for the first down and they instead tried to go for the kill. But essentially what he wanted was he wanted pass interference. Yeah, he, well, he and Bryce Bryce Hall were, mm-hmm. were hand fighting all the way down the field. Yeah, and that's not pass interference. No, and then Jordan Whitehead just happens to be in deep safety, the, the deep safety up top, to meet them, just in case, and and he makes the play, breaks up the pass, game over. It's abundantly clear that's what he wanted, though. He certainly wanted it to be a pass interference play because how, there's no easier way to a you stop the clock and b you gain all that yardage. You know, and now you have a minute left. You're on the Jets. I don't. I don't remember. Twenty-five yard line. All of a sudden, it's a completely different game if they get a pass interference call. I don't blame him for it. I just think that. I just think that I probably would have tried to go for the first down and lived another lived for a next another set before I would have tried that bomb. Yeah, those. That's f- just there were me. Five, there were five plays on that. Well, there were five plays on that drive. Um, five play drive. Four play drive, thirty all of thirty seconds. The incomplete, two incomplete passes. The two yard yep. pass to 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 Smith, and then the deep shot that went for not. Man, Jets defense earned it, brother. Jets defense earned it. I mean, you got it. You got to yeah. give it to him. I mean, maybe the stats don't look great if you're looking at like a you know yardage basis. Yeah, they're still they still show that they have a lot of rush yards. They give up some, you know, pass yards, whatever. They don't look stats-wise as a top three defense, but make no mistake, this is a top three defense. 
This team does not let other teams score in the red zone. It is increasingly rare to let them store score in the red zone. They are getting massive amounts of turnovers. The New England, the New England game, not and uh, Dallas game, notwithstanding. And it's just like if they can continue to build off this, and Zach Wilson and the offense can figure out their red zone woes, and they can stop with the dumb penalties and things like that. This is a team that can literally compete up until potentially Aaron Rodgers comes back this season, according to reports. <laughs> He's thrown on the field pregame. You know, I mean, I've read, I read in two different places today that with week 12 is a possibility and week 14 is a possibility. Wow. They're hmm. talking unprecedented type recovery. Before we take our commercial break, I do want to show one clip that I found on Jets videos, credit uh, Jets videos, of Lake and Tomlinson following the game. And this was this is this tells you how much this Jets team. I, I, I'll, I'll give full credit to this coaching staff, full credit to the players for having the mental toughness to get through the first six weeks of the season. And you could tell from the emotion that Lake and Tomlinson uh, has when he's asked this question, how much this team loves, 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 loves to play for each other. I'm going to share that clip right now. This team, this team, man, is such a special team. And the guys here, they, they fight for everyone here, man. And we all love each other. It's just, it's just, it's just awesome to, you know, see a bunch of guys, man, that, you know, trying to, Gets choked up. Look at that. Man, I, I, I love everybody here, man. It's just it's just awesome to, to see how we play for each other. Yeah. The the locker you gotta feel locker, the same way as a fan. This locker room's gotta be one of the best in the NFL, which is yes. something the Jets haven't been able to say for a very long time. You could even argue the locker room for during the Rex years, while solid was more because of Rex than it was the players there. You know what I mean? Like that, that locker room was more solid because of Rex than it was the chemistry of the players that were there. Mm -hmm. This locker room and what Joe Douglas and Robert Sala put together has got to be one of the best in the NFL. It has to be. The leadership is abundant. The mm -hmm. selflessness is abundant. The camaraderie is it's just it's through the fucking roof, and it's it's awesome to see. And if this if we can just stop getting such shitty luck, we would actually start seeing true results. I mean, we mm. would be five and one right now if Aaron Rodgers is playing. We would have beat Kansas City. We would have beat New England. We probably still would have lost to Dallas because we straight up lost the trench battle against Dallas, and Aaron yeah. Rodgers could not have saved us from the onslaught that was Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence that day. Yeah, but I, I yeah, I, 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 there was a video of uh, on Jets Twitter on, on the Jets New York Jets official Twitter showing Joe Douglas on the on the field. They're all coming back to the locker room, and the first person he sees is Robert Sala, and Robert Sala just jumps into Joe Douglas's arms, and Joe I Douglas is giving him a bear hug. I love I it. Stop. I mean, I redemption, it. redemption right there. You know, you beat your old team. It's the first time you've ever beaten your old team, you know, with the with the with a roster that was, you know, with a team that's very much considered inferior to Philadelphia in a lot of ways, 
mm-hmm. and you know you put it together through grit grind determination blood sweat and tears you figured out a way to out coach nick sirianni and the philadelphia eagles and i mean that was a statement victory i mean that has to you that that game right there alone has to give robert solid consideration to be in the coach of the year running he won't win it unless the jets make the playoffs and make it through the playoffs for certain but yeah i mean at the very least to have the jets three and three with the adversity they've gone through losing aaron Rodgers 74 seconds into their season i mean how could you not how, how at this point you can't be a solid hater and i can't take you serious if you are like you just there's there, does he make some is there is, is he perfect no but who the fuck is I mean, even Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan makes mistakes. I mean, you're close, brother. You're close, but you're also not on the field in the <laughs> NFL. You know, let's put you let's put you in the decision making seat of the New York Jets, and then let's see how perfect you really are. Yeah, you and know? I and even, I guess I I gotta give this team full credit too because we're seeing a team is kind of also not just Zach Wilson, but this entire team is growing up before our very eyes because two years ago in Robert Sala's rookie uh, Robert Sala's first year. You see, as this team go down fourteen to three, it's full on collapse from here because this team does not did not have the mental toughness or the fortitude to try to stay in games. Two years later, you see what they've been through the first six weeks of the season. This is a building experience. This is a bonding experience for every single man on this team. Every person, every every player to a man plays for each other. Whether you're on offense or defense or special teams, or you're a head coach, or you're part of the of the off of the off field team with the with the strength and conditioning coaches, you're playing for each other. Speaking of special teams, man, shout out to two people on there, bro. First off, shout out to Irv Charles. My guy, you have been arguably almost better than Justin Hardy as a gunner so far in the two games you played. And I don't see how you go back to not starting, you know, as a gunner over Eccles or Hardy, like the, he's giving the jets a real decision to make once Hardy and Eccles are both healthy enough to come back to mm-hmm. be like, who, who are the best two here? I guess I would, to me, I would think it's probably Hardy and Charles at this point, And I'm telling Eccles off of that because Irv Charles looks like a pro bowl gunner. It's been two weeks, but I mean, he is phenomenal at that job. And I see exactly why he earned his roster spot from on training camp because of his special teams work. And then credit to Brant Boyer. I mean, this man has survived, what, three head coaching changes, two or three uh, GM changes at this point, and he's still here. And he's been consistent with you last year, notwithstanding. He has been consistently dominant as a special teams coordinator. And he's got to be arguably top three special teams coordinator in the business. And now that they have Thomas Morstead over Braden Mann, what an absolute upgrade that is. I mean, I don't know if there's a more mm-hmm. obvious upgrade in the league position-wise than going from Braden Mann to Thomas Morstead. I mean, it's you could literally argue that has been the greatest jump in in talent and upgrade at any position for any team in the NFL. And then yeah. Greg, the leg, he just has missed a couple long ones. But other than that, he's pretty much automatic. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. And then, you know, Mr. Longevity, Thomas Hennessy, you know, just he's an expert at snapping balls that are longer than regular balls that need to be snapped. And it's just and he's earned every dollar for yeah. it. I mean, credit. It's credit to Brant Boyer. Super credit to Irv Charles, you know, to come from a UDFA. And are you playing much on the field? No. Are you going to are you that much of an offensive weapon? No. But I mean, bro, you're a you're a all pro pro bowl special teamer coming out here and it's crazy and it wouldn't surprise me to know that because of his emergence they may move off of justin hardy next year to try and save his money and let irv charles or brandon eccles hop in that spot mm-hmm. yeah that special teams was I mean, yeah like i said I, oh yeah every every position group played their heart out last yesterday and they've played their heart out the last six weeks so now we're coming into the bye week. Before, actually, we got I got to play one more clip before we go take a quick commercial and talk about the bye week. Uh, this is another this is another quote from Lincoln Tomlinson. Uh, donuts are on him, Dan. <laughs> Where's he got donuts? All I can say is donuts on me all week. Donuts on me all week. So you come in tomorrow. There's gonna be donuts. What about Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Tuesday donuts. Wednesday. Donuts, Thursday, donuts, Friday, donuts, Saturday, donuts, Sunday, donuts, and then probably Monday, donuts when we come back. So, and does he own a donut shop or something, or is it just like something he likes? I I think it's just something he likes to do. Oh, all right, cool. <laughs> we'll come down for donuts. I'll come down for donuts. Long drive for me just to come for donuts. If I was closer, I'd consider it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk about the bye week because. Just because. But stay tuned for more Victory Monday. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. You got that right, folks. This is our, our new premier sponsor at Belly Up Sports is SeatGeek. And hey, football season's full effect. College pro, hockey season full effect. NHL's back. Love it. NBA's back. NBA's going to be back soon. Eh, whatever. Uh, but you also got musicals. You got concert tickets. You got comedy shows. Take your pick. But before you do, before you go to anywhere, go to SeatGeek.com. Use promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you get $20 off your first order of $50 or more with that promo code. So go to that hockey game. Go to that football game. Go to that go to that play you wanted to see, musical you want to see. Go to that comedy show for that comedian you really, really like. But go to SeatGeek.com. Save 20% or $20 off your first order of $50 or more. With promo code Belly Up Sports. I wish I could have used it. I wish I could have used it and been in Jersey tonight to watch the Panthers dominate the Devils so far. It's four to two with 10 minutes left in the third, huh? Dang it. Huh? <laughs> Dang it. Shush. Shush. <laughs> so, Dan, it's been an emotional roller. It's been a roller coaster for the last three weeks for the team, for the fans. We got a bye week this week. What it's are we going to do? Busy one. 
it's going to be a busy one. This ain't going to be your atypical bye week where you're just going to sit and chill. I think I think if a move's going to be made, it's got to be this week. I imagine Joe Douglas is going to be a busy man trying to figure a few things out. What are you going to do on the offensive line to try and bring in more depth now that you're down AVT and looks like Joe Tippman for an extended amount of time? What are you going to do there? And you probably need to bring in another receiver because Garrett Wilson goes down and this entire team is pretty much screwed. You need to bring in a guy that can separate and can give you some consistency. So, I mean, are you going to swing for the fences and see if you can somehow convince the Raiders to get rid of Devontae Adams and what's more than likely a lost season? I mean, I don't care how bad the Vikings are getting. You're not trading Justin Jefferson. It does. It's just not. No, especially happen. if he's out for the next four to six weeks. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to trade Justin Jefferson. There's no point. There's no point. No. You don't have Kirk Cousins going into next season. You have no money tied up in a lot of other places. You can pay Justin Jefferson, draft a rookie quarterback, and you give him a premium weapon right off the rip for his development. So Justin Jefferson's yeah. not going to happen. And- but do you or do you try and go for someone like Hunter Renfro, who apparently has been phased out? of the Raiders offense. He's, he's barely played. He's played like somewhere. Like I think he's played something like 18% of the snaps has something like six catches on the entire season. Like maybe do you do like a, try and do a player for player swap where you trade them Carl Lawson, who's out of favor with the, you know, who's kind of lost his spot with the jets for Hunter Renfro or something like that. Maybe send them a Cole Hardman as well. So they don't have to worry about any kind of depth. You send Lawson and Hardman for Renfro. You know, or is, is there somebody else we're not thinking of? I mean, who who knows? You'd have to really go, you'd have to really go kind of team by team to see who's out there for what and see if anything is is worth it, if anybody out there is worth it. But I, I mean to I was, me, yeah, that's I, what I was, I'm looking. I was I was playing fantasy GM in my head before we went on, and I said to myself, All right, you can ship you could probably ship Carl Lawson somewhere because he because with the emergence of Bryce Huff, with Jermaine Johnson, with Will McDonald too, if you get more playing time for him, if you if you if you if you ship Carl Lawson somewhere to, to a team who could probably use an edge rusher, and with that salary off the off the books, you could probably bring in a guy like, well, I don't know, I'll, I'll say I'll say out loud, Lyle Collins, who you brought in for a workout last week, and his ACL is fully healed. He's working out. We got released from the Bengals. He's looking for a team to play for. Jets could use some more offensive line depth. Why not bring in Lyle Collins? It's tough to know how healthy he is. I mean, both the Jets and Giants worked him out earlier, you know, last week. Neither team signed him. Both teams desperately need some offensive line help. So what does that mean? Is he is he is he not healthy enough to truly be a contributor? Or is he still pricing himself too high for what he can bring to the table? You know, so I mean I, I don't know. Lyle Collins, like, is is he the name? Is he the hot name? Like, yeah, but he's either too expensive for what he can bring to the table or he's not the same player that he was a couple years ago in Dallas. And I, I just don't know. I mean, I feel like if, if, if the Jets or Giants really wanted him in, one of them could have figured out a contract offer to bring him in by now. So I don't know. Maybe it's ongoing negotiations. Maybe it's just some posturing. I, I have no idea uh, as far as that goes. And we'll never know because, you know, we're not privy to the workouts, the internal discussions, et cetera. So, you know, well, we the, the Giants want to bring him back Justin Pugh for last night's game. Off, so straight, what, off the, straight off the couch. <laughs> what does that tell you? 
What does that tell you? you it tells had the, the Giants are desperate and they need bodies. You could have had, had Lyle Collins, an established pro bowler that's younger and theoretically probably a little bit healthier at this stage of his career and not forget the injury, but overall than Justin Pugh. And even after working him out, they still decided to take Justin Pugh straight off his couch. Mm-hmm. So that that's another thing too for a team as desperate as what the Giants are for the offensive line, who arguably had the worst offensive line in the NFL this year, you still didn't bring in a guy who could have shored up and solidified one solid spot. So there's something we don't know that's causing these teams to not want to take the bait on Lyle Collins at this point. Again, it's, it's tough to say. Maybe he's healthy, but the Giant, but he's asking for $8 million, and both the Jets and Giants are like, you're out of your mind. Like, we're not doing that. Like, here's two and a half million, you know, play onto it and we'll, try and we'll, earn a bigger thing next year. We'll, and he's just we'll not willing to bite some, yet. We'll, we'll, we'll give you some bonuses as an incentive. I, who knows? Make, I make mean, the, play a certain amount of snaps, you get a two hundred a $500,000 bonus. You make the playoffs, you get a million-dollar bonus. It's it's who knows. Give him I some mean, it's, it's, give him some, I mean uh, Dalvin Cook came in on the championship discount. I'm sure Lyle Collins could do the same thing. It's I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I truly, truly, truly don't know. It's 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 very tough to determine. I, I honestly have no idea what the what yeah. what's behind that. So I imagine Joe Douglas is gonna be hitting the phones. I imagine 31 other teams are gonna get phone calls from Joe Douglas. And um let's see what let's see what he can do because chances are if he makes a trade, most likely he probably wins it. So he has he hasn't lost many. He hasn't, he hasn't lost, lost many. Hasn't lost a whole lot. No. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. What did he lose? I guess I, I, I to me, I kind of consider Aaron Rodgers a wash. You know, I consider, especially now that we're not giving up see, the first rounder. See, sir, there are some Seahawks fans on Twi- on social media saying that the the Seahawks won the Jamal Adams trade because that's absolutely he's been out. You're an idiot for the last you two are. seasons. And I say to that, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. Yeah, you're an idiot. Ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some politi- Jamal- and I've heard po- and I've heard politicians say some dumb things. Yeah, that's Jamal- dumb thing. <laughs> Jamal Adams has been out the last two years too. What's the difference? Yeah, the first game he came <laughs> back on Monday night against the Giants, he went out with a concussion. Yeah, so- it's it's that's that's uh, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I uh, there's no there's no no winning that one. I don't know. I I, I don't yeah. know. Well, I know the Jets are probably gonna we're gonna cook, they're gonna cook something up. Uh, as a fan though. As a fan, it'll be nice to enjoy some football just for the sake of watching football for a change, especially since, especially over the last six weeks. I, you know, you just got to do, you just got to root for our people. Right now, I'm rooting for the Cowboys to beat the, the Chargers. And then next week, you essentially want to root for all the NFC teams to beat the AFC teams. And you want to root for the, the Patriots to beat the Bills. If you can get that to happen, we'd be excellent. We'd be in excellent shape. No, the Patriots I, I want, beat the Bills? I want the Patriots. No. No, I want the Patriots to stay at the bottom. Oh, they will still be at the bottom. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. I mean, there's still only going to be two and five, and the but I'd rather the Bills be four and uh, four and three, and then we have an opportunity to come in next week and potentially take over second place from them. But they need to lose to New England. Oh, four three Devils now. Four three Devils. God damn it! Just for Brat, baby. Come on, Brat season. Close us out. This is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I'll be, but yeah, for my bye week, I'll be watching football for watching the sake of, for the sake of watching football. I'll be watching some hockey, watching my New Jersey Devils. Let's go Devils! 
I know it's early, early. I know they've been having some struggles, but they can bounce back. They did last year. I mean, they, they started the year, I think, what, one, three, and one last year. Then they went on, with thir- they went, then they went on a 13 game heater. So I got faith in this team. I'm pretty sure you got, you got faith in your Florida Panthers, too. I don't know what to expect for the Panthers so far. They've already, they're 0 they're 2 already on the season. Now they're letting New Jersey come back after being up 4 0. You know, so they need to close this out and uh, they need to get their shit together. They need to get their shit together. Yeah. I mean, it's October. They might have getting themselves back in the game around mid March last year. So hopefully, it doesn't, hopefully, it doesn't go that long before the Panthers grab a playoff spot. But, but we'll see what happens in March. It'll be, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I can't. I got to start looking at some ticket prices here. I'm going to use the SeatGeek code and I got to buy some. So I got to find some tickets for me and Dylan to go to find a there game. There you go. There you go. And you won't disappoint your people if you use the promo code Belly Up Sports. Truth. <laughs> 20 bucks is All 20 right, bucks. That's true. That's, that's true. That's true. Before we go, just want to remind you about our social media channels right down here below. It's Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, and the scarcely used TikTok. It's at NoCredsREQ. Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ. YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. On Rumble, just search No Crunches Required and follow us there as well. On the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform. Don't forget to rate and review. Five stars is the number of stars that we would like you to rate. This has been another edition of Victory Monday. Uh, we'll see what happens next week, whether we bring in a guest or we just talk about the Jets doing some trades or kind of moves or what's going to happen with them. We don't know. It's a bye week, and we need the rest. So, <laughs> so Victory Monday for no credentials required. As always, brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. For Dan Goldstein, I'm Ryan McCarthy, and we'll talk to you next week. And uh, Mac Jones is trash. Fins are trash. Victory Monday! Yeah!